Did Baylor lose to BYU, or did BYU beat Baylor on Saturday? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. Everybody, welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll of Sports Illustrated Inside the Bears, alongside Jerem Jordan of BYU Sports Nation. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Whether you're a BYU fan joining us or a Baylor fan, everybody enjoyed the game on Saturday. At least the the late game jitters, one o'clock in the morning, just quintessential hard nosed football. <laughs> Obviously, Baylor fans didn't like the outcome. Uh, Jerem. To, to start it off, this is a game where you and I, even talking off air, feels like at a neutral site, Baylor probably still has a leg up on BYU. The atmosphere gets to Baylor, but even before we get to how BYU won this game, what areas, what did you see out of the Baylor Bears that you really had confidence in? And then even those areas that you thought, geez, this Baylor team's just not ready to compete even for a Big 12 title this season. I think Baylor is ready to compete for a Big 12 title despite the loss. Uh, obviously, I'm going to come at it from the BYU standpoint. But first off, shout out to my Seattle Seahawks. Big win yeah. uh, Monday night. Uh, getting done. Can't wait to get the 12th pick, go 6-11, and 11, and draft the third quarterback in, in, uh, in the first yeah. round. Yeah. It's going to be a weird year. But anyway, this was a heavyweight fight, Drake, that was so fun to watch. And this was a preview of what BYU is going to go through against top competition in the Big 12. Obviously, BYU had had a year to let that loss stew. That was the only game in, BYU, in which BYU got pushed around. Yeah. Uh, Baylor ran for 303. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of weapons from Baylor were gone from last year that got drafted or went to the league, uh, notably the top two running backs, right? And, and receivers and Jalen Petrie at safe. Like, there were some ballers that weren't there for Baylor. So it felt like, hey, BYU's got a chance at this because BYU lost basically three players on offense and returned everyone else on the whole team. Like, this is, I think, the most experienced BYU team in history because of the COVID extra year. Yeah, And they were hungry and they were annoyed. And that's not a good uh, uh, situation for any team to come into Provo with because BYU owns the late-night window on ESPN. It's got a contract with ESPN. BYU fans are used to the 820 kick. BYU players are used to playing in that environment. And now for the back-to-back years, the either uh, eventual or actual champ of a Power 5 conference loses to BYU. It was Utah last year. It was Baylor this year. And those are huge games that BYU certainly got up for. And, man, the BYU student section, the Rock, the Roar of the Cougars, woo, they brought it. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, But I'm really impressed by Baylor. I think Baylor's tremendous heavily rooting for Baylor to win the big 12 now, because obviously uh, fans, I feel uh, like mindedness uh, in a lot of ways with Baylor. Obviously we like Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos and Dave Aranda just seems like an upstanding individual. The university seems awesome. So there's a connection there. People are like last week, Drake, everyone was like, is this a rivalry? I'm like, no, I don't like my rivals. Yeah. Like I am annoyed by them. I have no reason to be annoyed at Baylor right now. Like as a, just as a generic fan, let alone media member, it's like, no, it's not a rivalry. It's like really friendly competition where it's like you tip the hat, you hug it out, and then you're gone. I really like Drake after the uh, uh, final plan. There were a bunch of BYU players, especially on offense, that went and found Jeff Grimes and gave him a hug. Yeah. Like some, someone said on Twitter, easy to do after a win. And I said, no, it's easy to do when you have a relationship, regardless mm-hmm. of outcome. So it was more than football. It was, it was, uh, it was a great game, well played by both two very good teams. And, uh, 
hey, I'm excited about the future with these two. Yeah, the the altercation, if you will, as has <laughs> I some heard that. Yeah, I I like <laughs> some Twitter account with like 200 followers just posted altercation, yeah. and I accidentally stumbled upon it. Was like, what? It's genius. It's the only one it's that I've liked good. so far. It's so it, it's the idea. It's the like the single most cordial rivalry of all time. Like the the rivals that love each other, which is this weird. There's a new concept yes. of college athletics, really. Yes. Uh, but both fan bases and teams have more to play for. There's the religious yep. aspect. There's this wholesomeness from both programs where it's it's this a, a culture you don't get in today's age in college athletics the nil is not a big deal for either team mm-hmm. the transfer portal not a big deal for either team it is just old school football with a, with a bigger meaning and it brings both fan bases and both teams together saturday though obviously byu had had more juice in the tank it felt like late in the game and i know the atmosphere is a big part of that how they were able to pull it off and just have more ready to go down the stretch but but also that byu defense jerem was the secondary coming into this game as were they that were you expecting that from BYU not just even the secondary the defensive line shutting Blake Shapen down he had he ran the ball four times those were all four logged as sacks and then the secondary was all over every receiver was that kind of the script you were expecting from this BYU defense okay the secondary we were very excited about because BYU's got some dudes in there and uh you know D'Angelo Mandel they feel like has an NFL possibility in the future Caleb Hayes only uh you know Last year, 18 throws were went at him of 20 plus. Only one was completed. Like yeah. they brought in Gabe Judy Lally from Vanderbilt, who is one of the top uh, cover corners in the SEC. You, you think Vanderbilt in football, maybe you don't think about success, but Gabe uh, adds to this group. Um, hey, no 20 yard completions from Vanderbilt. Like what? I think a lot of this had to do with the front seven. Now BYU is a linebacker school. Like Fred Warner might be the best backer in the NFL. BYU guy. Like. We've had a rich history here of really good backers. Those four dudes, Max Tooley playing like a man possessed, probably got away with the targeting, by the way, on one of those. Yeah. But um, Dylan Doyle did not. He got, <laughs> that yeah. was that was a tough – that was a play where errant throw, kind of Lopini Katoa lifts his head up, and then Dylan Doyle's right there. And it was like Doyle not being in the game down the stretch was a big deal. Yeah. When he got thrown out, I thought, oh, the door opens a little bit here with one of the best players for, for Baylor. And I was like, hey, no rushing, receiving – touchdowns today yeah which was crazy last year Not but the him. front the front for BYU surprised me the the defensive line is there, there's one dude that fans sort of rally around Tyler Batty he got knocked out of the game with with uh like an is he got hit in the hip and he did he wasn't even dressed the second half it's a bunch of kind of these unsung no namers I know their name but the average fan maybe doesn't that really stuffed the run plugged holes and played great defense like I was a little surprised by um, by how well they played and yeah. uh, 289 yards and 20 points in double OT. That is an unbelievable number against, I would say, even a lot of G5s, let alone the Big 12 champs. Like that was a yeah. that was a surprise. They've got pressure. They stopped the run to the tune of 2.9 yards per rush, 3.6 per play. Yeah. I mean, this was this was trench warfare. And uh, you came out on top on a couple of couple of plays, one at the end of the half, and then a trick play, throwback. That was kind of the difference there, right? Wouldn't you know, the conversation all week about Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney being out of the game and whether or not Baylor would get an edge, and then within the first, you know, really opening quarter or so, the starting running back for Baylor and maybe your best receiver, Monterey Baldwin, Tame Williams and Monterey both go out of the game. It's like, all right, well, the yep. playing field's even now. Nobody's got an excuse. And felt like Blake Shapin just didn't meet that moment with those two guys out. 
even as a quarterback who has a facility record at AT&T Stadium, won a Big 12 championship last year, was so good in relief of Gary Bohannon. You've now seen those guys back-to-back weeks. What did you see out of Shapin on Saturday? To us, it looked a lot like deer in headlights, really the whole game. Yeah, first true road test, and that's something we felt strongly that BYU could take advantage of. I know he played, what, at Kansas State, I think was the one yeah, true road game. Yeah, that's it, much, yeah. And even then, like, is that, what's that, like, you know, compared to what you had right. Saturday. Um, yeah. Blake's going to be a baller. He's He seems like he's going to be a really good quarterback. Um, but now BYU is just trying to beat every quarterback that played at Baylor or or whatever. Charlie like, Brewer. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Brewer, Brewer later in the season. Broke his hand, so we hope we still see him. But Charlie Brewer is one of our favorite players of all time. Did you know this? Because he's the guy that helps end the streak with Utah last year. We had, wow, we had like that's nine right. in a row. That's right. And we're like, send, I said on our show, uh, I said, let's send Charlie Brewer a gift basket, dude. He's the guy that helped. <laughs> That's what the defensive backs used to send limos to Blake Bortles uh, hotels to make sure he got to the game okay. Same deal with Charlie Brewer. Guys are like gift baskets. Do it. Chapin, listen, Chapin's going to be a baller, but BYU dialed up the pressure. Honestly, yeah. there have been games against Keaton Slovis as a freshman, USC 2019, that BYU wins. That's a sophomore Zach Wilson in that game. And in OT as well, where BYU drops eight and plays zone and just makes – them pick them apart. Jordan Love at Utah State. BYU picked him off three times. Drop eight zone. I expected that was shaping, but this wasn't that. That was BYU blitz. I think thirty-seven percent of the time. Yeah, from different spots. So they gave him different looks. The run game wasn't working for either team. So it came down to can the quarterbacks win this game? Certainly, BYU had an advantage in that regard with Jaron Hall having gone through the fire last year as the primary starter. And Jaron Hall's now 7-1 and one against P5s. Like, when you're not a P5 like BYU yet, playing P5s is a thing. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, this is a P5 game. And when you're playing a ranked team, when you're playing a team in the top 10, when you're playing a team that beat you last year, all the focus, all the attention, all the offseason, we're thinking about that home opener is massive. So for Blake to walk into that space where, yes, he had been awesome in the Big 12 title game, but then, you know, gets hurt and doesn't play much or at all in the Sugar Bowl, right? Yeah. This was the second biggest game of his life, and it, it's tough. He's going to be really good, I think. But Jaron Hall certainly rose to the occasion, and BYU overcame two missed field goals in OT that would have won the game. Baylor Baylor was like, please win this in OT. Yeah, We don't yeah. want to go down to near the BYU student section. <laughs> and then in the second OT, it's like, all right, Baylor scores a touchdown and gets a two-point conversion. This thing's over. False start, false start. It was like, wow, wow. That, that was yeah. a crazy one. Either team could have won that game and, and multiple times. It was wild. Yeah. I, I And I tweeted, too, there's a God who loves Baptist <laughs> and LDS equally. Nobody's going to win tonight, baby. It's us all, man. It's just pushing field goals left and right over and over. <laughs> uh, and, it, yeah, in, in totality, the – I, I said it to somebody and I've tried to backtrack, but I can't. It's the craziest ending I've ever seen in person just because how often do you get very easy feel easy for these guys? Like yeah. you're just, a, you're like, all right, sweet. See you guys later. Like I'm packing my stuff up in the press box twice and, and the game wouldn't end. Uh, but Jerem, one of the big questions for me coming into this one, and I think I've learned the answer. I want to get your thoughts on on BYU being bigger, faster, and stronger this season compared to when they played in Waco last season. But first, I got to tell the folks at home about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. If you want to go put 
your life savings, your mortgage, whatever, on Baylor football to beat BYU like some people did. You can lose all the money that you'd enjoy losing at betonline.net. But let's say that you don't want to lose any money and you want to make safe, smart wagering. You can also use betonline.net. Go. They've got great podcasts. They've got uh, impeccable places to see lines for every game every week. Baylor's favored by 31 points over under 54 against Texas State. Check all that out at BetOnline Podcast as well. MLB still going on. NFL, everything you can imagine when it comes to sports wagering and sports entertainment at betonline.net. Check them out. It is where the game starts. Jerem, Kalani Sataki hammered at home after that Baylor game last year. Baylor was just that much more physical than BYU, and they beat those guys around. And Saturday from jump, you could tell the BYU guys were juiced, and they just played a different brand of physical football that we didn't see in Waco last year. Did this team just get up for a game, or are they already bigger, faster, stronger, more equipped than they were last season? I think uh, it's both. Uh, BYU feels like it's left tackle. Blake Freeland is a potential first round guy. He got that kind of buzz in the off season. Um, you know, the, the left guard Clark Barrington has been projected as an NFL draft pick. The right tackle Kingsley Suamati is a five-star transfer from Oregon in a year. He's projected to potentially be an NFL draft pick. And then they have one or two on the bench. They really like, so there could be three or four guys that played in this game just on the O line, let alone Jaron Hall, which, and, and BYU feels like Puka Nakua is an NFL type guy. And then on, on, uh, uh, you know, it, um, with the linebackers, it really feels like there's a few NFL guys as well. But the BYU run, get, like the line, I, I think obviously both lines struggled to establish the run. But late in that game, it felt like BYU was getting a little more of what it needed, uh, you know, getting down to the goal line, executing, getting a little peanut toe in the end zone. A trick play is what you got to do to loosen it up if you need it, right? Chase Roberts throws it back to Jaron Hall, 22 yeah. yards for a touchdown. They were up for it, but they're also very improved. Uh, this this BYU line and Baylor, BFF said, two of the top ten in the country. And that was – I've never wanted to watch O-line play more than this year. Like, yeah. obviously because BYU's got a good one, but Arkansas is on the schedule. They're good. Notre Dame was listed there. How about Notre Dame? Nice. Uh, that feels like a game that, hey, BYU can go win in Vegas perhaps. Let's see. At Oregon this week for BYU so it doesn't stop. And then Arkansas. Arkansas coming to Provo later in the year. Jeez. The, Arkansas is in that spot on the schedule where Baylor was, where uh, Jaron Hall was injured in the game last year, had broken ribs, played that game, couldn't quite be himself. That fourth and one run, he runs for like 50. That was, he's chucking up to Puka, yes, but like it, it wasn't the same. Like this is a healthy BYU at home. It yeah. was very different uh, this year. And obviously Baylor was figuring out who are we? We're coming off this, what, three and seven year, I think, in 2020 and like, Hey, no, we're good. We're good. And uh, eventually Big 12 champs. So, yeah, different situations this year. But BYU certainly was up for it. And it reminded a lot of us of 83 and 84. Steve Young opens his senior year with the loss at Baylor, which was very disappointing for him. We've talked to him about it a bunch of times. He's like, I hate talking about that loss at Baylor because they win the next 11 and finish seventh in the country. And he is second in the Heisman. And he's the number one pick in either draft. He chooses USFL. He would have gone number one of the Bengals, by the way. That he was told I would have gone number one. Um, and then in '84, you guys a, a similar group, but they lost Young, lost Gordon Hudson, consensus All American tight end. He blows out Baylor at home. So it was like, is this '83, '84, where home teams win and BYU gets revenge? And it was like, it ended up being that way. So some BYU fans have joked, uh, we don't want to oversay this, but every year BYU's defeated Baylor at home. BYU won the national title. 
national title. BYU's not playing for a national title this year, okay? I still think BYU is going to go like 10 and 2 regular season. Yeah. But it's very exciting. Well, Jeremy, I don't know if you can see. I'm going to like break the fourth wall up here. There's a little sign ah, right there. It says Valonia. It's a town in Arkansas. Ah, grew up a Razorback fan. So I've already called nice. my bosses at Sports Illustrated like, look, what are the odds we can pull some strings? And they send the Baylor beat writer back to Provo. I'm already missing Cougar Tales. So I'm having <laughs> I left my heart in Provo. I'm having uh, BYU nice. withdrawals at this point. But I, I've gotten the point across over and over to myself that BYU is a really good football team and Baylor just lost to a good football team. There are a lot of Baylor fans, also transparently myself, that are struggling with that idea. Uh, anytime you lose a game, you've seen it too, where I'm sure BYU loses a game and it's like, well... There, there it goes. There it is. What if we just suck now? And it's not the case, obviously, for Baylor. Um, you, you've convinced me with Division One, or, you know, obviously Division One, but NFL talent on the offensive line, and as good as Jaron Hall was, the defense playing to their skill, too, that BYU is a formidable opponent that you lose in the road. And to me, playing even more into that, that atmosphere, just, I, I said death sentence, and it really is. How do you walk into, into Lavelle Edwards Stadium like it was on Saturday and win a football game no matter who you are. And I think my first question for anybody at Baylor would be, is it like that every Saturday? Was this some kind of rarity, or is this just BYU day in, day out? It was certainly special. I wouldn't say every Saturday was was that, but it's closer than you'd think to that. Um, having a top-10 team come in, a P5 champ, a team that BYU lost to last year, the home opener, yeah. the last year of independence – um, the excitement around the Big 12, having Brett Yormark in town, um, a year almost to the day, within one day of when BYU got – it was actually a year from the invite yeah. to the Big 12. Um, and last year, BYU had a similar vibe against Utah where it was trying to snap the nine-game losing streak and uh, rush the field, and it's crazy. Yeah, there was – I mean, it's it's similar to that every week, but it's not that crazy every seat. So, I mean – when, when you're playing, uh, you know, Utah State on a Thursday night, Thursday night, you're just not going to have, like, every seat filled. But hopefully you do for Utah State. And BYU fans are awesome. And and you saw that last night. Um, I expect, and especially when BYU is real good, listen, they're there. And this is the thing where it's like, can BYU beat Oregon and now you're in the playoff combo? Like, again, I don't believe BYU is going to the playoff. I would, I would love a New Year's Six at some point for BYU or expanded yeah. playoff. It's so hard to have just one loss or zero. Like, well, BYU did in 84. BYU didn't play anybody in 84. Like, yeah. they played third-ranked Pitt. They end up 3-7-1. and one. You need some of the good teams to stink. N- maybe Notre Dame is is a 8-4 uh, and four team, and it's more winnable as opposed to, like, a 10-2 Notre Dame or whatever. But it's it's a fun atmosphere, man. BYU fans are fantastic. They get up and not an ounce of liquor and still all that energy, right? Wild. Unbelievable. <laughs> and also a rustic complex, too. It, it's almost as if, and I know a lot of the BYU administration talked about how going to McLean Stadium and being in Waco really helped give an idea of what they want Lavelle Edwards to look like as they continue forward with these new upgrades. So mm-hmm. you've got a taste of, I'm walking through the concourse thinking like, wow, this is like back in time football and you walk out on the field. 1982. The yeah. It yeah. just screams it. It's all concrete. The bathrooms, like no dividers between the urinals. You're just like, oh, okay, this is yeah, uh, it's like a, like a horse trough. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. not 2022 anymore. And then you go into the press box or the facilities and they're, they're first class with the mountains in the background too. Just felt like everything that, that you Hard to beat the of. view. Oh, 
so tough. Even with the Idaho wildfires that were pumping smoke all over the state of Utah and yeah. however funky that was, you still got just a quintessential college football, um, especially early season college football, too. It doesn't get much better than that. And atmosphere, all things put together. You you mentioned, though, neutral site. If these two teams played, I mean, those 14 penalties, five false starts. You you don't fall start five times as you're home. That just doesn't happen. That was... That was indicative of BYU's noise. Blake Shapens told told folks after the game, I just couldn't hear. I, I couldn't hear anything. And you box in a young quarterback like that, things don't go your way, and you lose a game still in double overtime. At a neutral site, what gives you confidence this game is even closer or even goes the other way? Can it be closer? I mean, that was yeah, that point. was like as close yeah. as it possibly could have been, right? It was basically one play, BYU scoring a touchdown, double a T or, or not. Um, yeah, I mean, in regulation, you're always about to win that, yeah, and miss a field goal. Um, and so who knows on a, a neutral field, but you, you'd, you'd think that that really pushed BYU over the edge, and it was a knife's edge. Um, on a neutral field, maybe Baylor wins this by, by three or seven, I don't know, but yeah. uh, the penalties certainly make you think, hey, BYU took advantage of that. Um, yeah. and, and the motivation of being at home, and and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. Hey, and maybe they do play a neutral site in Arlington in the future. Like, yeah. th- like that could be a thing, neutral-ish, because it's still in Texas. But, uh, yeah, a few hours away. So who, who knows? Next year's not that year uh, for BYU. The Cougars expect to be very good this year and lose some real talent to yeah. the NFL. And so it's maybe in two years. How about that? I have a weird feeling that Baylor will be right back in Provo next year. It's probably just my bias that I want them oh, to be back in Provo. But with BYU coming in and – there's there's no guarantee that your schedule will stay. Hey, you know, the, keep the rotation. BYU comes to Waco. It just yeah. feels like it always works out. You go the same place two years in a row when realignment hits in in a weird way. And I, mm. I would love to do it. I hope it's the case. And the atmosphere, all that, all that plugged in. The the moment it gets down to BYU drives the field, field goal set up, and not again, not a chip shot. But you're thinking, all right. Let's pack it up, make sure all the trash is is empty, and hit the elevator in the press box. I'd composed my tweet already. Yeah. Right, you're you're sitting there in the box as well, like getting ready for uh, what's Sataki going to say post game, and then you get missed field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal. What's going through your mind? What did you say? Is that one of the crazier endings that even you've seen at, at any game at Lavelle Edwards? Yeah, no, that was that was up there because Jake Oldroyd is a kid that is money. I mean, yeah. he. He made BYU's first 50-plus yarder um, in 2019 and the first time in 13 years. Like, long yeah. field goals aren't a thing at BYU. And this this dude made, like, 10 of his first 11 in 2019 and then 2020. It's like, I don't I don't know what happened, but I'm – it was crazy. And Jaron Hall, uh, you know, hugging him at the end, that was a, an image that people saw on ESPN. Extremely emotional. I talked to Jaron yesterday for a segment on BYU TV, and Jaron said, Jake would have done the same for me. And he's going to make a ton of kicks for us to, to help us this year, which is so true. But, yeah, that was crazy. I thought BYU blew it twice. I thought there's no way BYU still wins this game. Yeah. And uh, amazingly, they did. They got a stop in double OT. Somebody said the same thing. They looked at me and said, no, never has a team missed the game-winning field goal and won the game. <laughs> they set up for the second game-winning field goal, like a broken record. And, and sure enough, f- find a way to pull it off in the end. It was students rushed the field. Kalani Sataki post game was a treat to listen to. I don't. I, that aside, Kalani Sataki, man, isn't that guy awesome? He is one of the best people ever. 
and he is so fun. I mean, sometimes like on the coach's show, he's like monotone, keeping yeah. it. He doesn't want to give it. That's from the school of Kyle Whittingham because he is a disciple of two people. One is Lavelle Edwards, obviously, yeah. having played for Lavelle all time, one of the greatest coaches ever. And then two is Kyle Whittingham, who is a disciple of Lavelle as well. You know, you kind of come yeah. from that tree, having been the defensive coordinator up at uh, that school up north uh, for about nine nine years. So we're ten years. So he, he doesn't always give it away, but Kalani, like Kalani is one of the funnest people ever. And he is super likable. He is one of the greatest recruiting assets BYU has because people want to come play for him. And there are people who will go elsewhere, like local guys, get a taste of that life. And then they'll come back and go, I actually want to be home and yeah. be by BYU. Kingsley Suamatia from Oregon is one of those. Puka Nakua is one of those. Um, and, and there are guys that, that come and influence the program. Samson Nakua from Utah last year helped. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's an amazing atmosphere. He's the first Tongan head coach in FBS ever. He's one of only two Polynesians. Both happen to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in, uh, in Niamat, Ken Niamatololo at Navy as well. Um, so it's, it's wild, man. It, it, we live in a day where BYU, and especially given what happened a couple of weeks ago with Duke, is you always got a Tongan head coach and it's got a black quarterback. Yeah. And it's it's a new, uh, amazing BYU that is that is doing great things and loving and learning and trying to to reach out in that way. Well, I think we've encapsulated all that there is with both BYU and Baylor for this weekend, especially moving forward. Though, Jerem, to to leave things off, from what you've seen out of Baylor, Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, the offensive defensive lines, Siaki Ika, who you guys are super familiar with, is it a team in your opinion that you still think has a shot at the Big Twelve title? Yes, it will depend on Blake Shapin, obviously, and and figuring out who are our running backs. Like, are they yeah. gonna, from a Baylor perspective, can we get this done? Who's Taquan Thornton's not there? Who are we throwing it up to? Right? Who's yeah. gonna make a play here? It, is staying healthy and getting him in position to win. Jeff Grimes, good play caller. Like that defense is tough. Like yeah. that that was a very good BYU offensive line, and it was hard yards, and it took a fifth-year senior quarterback in Jaron Hall, who has been waiting three years to be the guy and played seven power fives, won six of those last year, to and to be at home to win that game. Um, and now BYU flies up to charts. That's the respect of Baylor, um, of beating Baylor, is BYU goes from 21 to 12. Baylor's still right there. Like Oklahoma State's doing their thing. They're always, like, good to very good. Are they ever really great? It's interesting to see, you know. Are they going to make that jump, or is it going to be the new Pac-12 where everyone eats their own? Oklahoma yeah. certainly is is a very good team. Dylan Gabriel's interesting uh, because he's a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? Is he as good as the others? Like a lot of pressure there. I like Baylor's chances. I really do. Um, and maybe maybe you have two teams that have two losses in league in the yeah. title game. Like what? I I don't think anyone goes unscathed. One loss feels like that'd be pretty hard um, to go through. But and looking at all the numbers because we do. We do a Big 12 plus four power ranking every Monday. We call it the completely unbiased version. Yeah. <laughs> we we feel like uh, there are so many teams in the top 40 where it's like, no game's easy. Ask West Virginia. Yeah. Just somehow lost by 13 and OT to Kansas because of a pick six. That was a crazy finish, by the way. I've wow. never, I was like, how do you win by more than one score in OT? It's because you pick six or you yep. stupid score. That was wild. 
and the swagger for Kansas to take that ball back. All put together, just what a weekend in general. That was when that your was name's it. Kobe Bryant. You do that. Yeah, yeah. Kansas wins on the road. Notre Dame, Texas A and M. All of it put together. Baylor BYU was just the icing on that cake to end the evening. The whole country uh, was watching too. How about that? Did you and see like, the the most views of a night game in since 2016? I think. Yeah, 2.4 mil. And this yeah. is BYU's spot in ESPN's yeah. programming. And they will stay that way in the Big 12, by the way. Like, that is that that 920 central kick. That is BYU's spot. They will always almost always have that. Now, in 2019, BYU had a couple afternoon games against USC and Washington, where BYU was yeah. very interesting. And they wanted that kind of, hey, bring in the Skycam. Bring in the ABC-ESPN yeah. split. But the 920 central time is BYU's bread and butter with ESPN. It is Big 12 after dark, much more entertaining yeah, than Arizona State and Stanford. Thankfully, <laughs> we've got the Big 12 after dark now with BYU. Uh, Jerem, for all of the Baylor fans that are now quasi-BYU fans, I actually added that to my Twitter bio, part-time BYU fan. But at least <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, for all of those out there, either Baylor fans or BYU fans that want to find more of your work, where can they go? Where can they find your stuff? Yeah, check out BYU TV. We're excited to have Baylor featured in all kinds of sports, um, you know, in the future with women's soccer, women's volleyball, baseball, softball, and so on, gymnastics. Um, of course, men and women's basketball. Um, BYU TV, uh, BYU Sports Nation is our daily show Monday through Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio on demand as well. So, yeah, check it out. We uh, we're very we couldn't be more excited to be in uh, the Big 12 next year. It's going to be so much fun. Well, to everybody out there, thanks for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day, especially with Jeremiah today, a great insight on Baylor and BYU. Come back tomorrow. We're not talking about Texas State yet because nobody really cares yet. It's all about Baylor and BYU <laughs> all this week and trying to break it down the rest of the way. Okay. We'll, get, well, yeah, we'll get to Texas State like five minutes before kickoff. Hopefully the team's not overlooking them as much as Locked On Baylor is. But this has been, as it always will be, come back tomorrow, Locked On Baylor. <laughs>